Hi everyone, it's David Wheeler at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. In the next hour we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield. A couple of times. Uh, firstly, looking ahead... No, sorry, secondly, looking ahead to uh, the final home game of the season uh, against Cheltenham, of course, on Saturday. And we'll be reviewing, uh, in a few moments' time, that defeat against uh, Lincoln City Adams Park on the uh, Saturday just gone. <laughs> very round-the-houses way of saying the, the weekend. Uh, also, we'll be catching up with, uh, in a few moments' time, uh, Phil, of course, with our match debrief of course provides commentary uh, for us at Wickham Sound and on Wanderers TV as well of uh, all the Wanderers matches this season, both home and away. Uh, so uh, we'll be uh, getting his thoughts in a few moments' time on, on that. Uh, also, we'll be reviewing the EFL Awards, which took place on Sunday. We'll hear from three generations of Wickham captains, including the current skipper. Uh, we'll hear from the current manager and the former boss as well. Plus Adebayo Ekinfenwa, who received a special Tom Finney Award at the ceremony as well. Lots more to bring you, including Knowing Me, Knowing Blues, a preview of this week's, which features the thoughts of Jason McCarthy and uh, does contain other animals, which is uh, uh, one to look out for. Also, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, we'll share the uh, memories and tributes from Anton Vick's house to Bob Dell, who uh, sadly passed away recently, and is his funeral tomorrow. So uh, much to bring you in the next, uh, well, less than 60 minutes now, but uh, let's start with Phil and uh, a disappointing result against Lincoln. Yeah, not the result that anybody wanted, obviously. Um, credit to Lincoln. thought they were really well drilled and it was the classic away performance of them, early goal and then five at the back, um, shut Wickham down really, really well and, and looked pretty solid throughout and, and Wickham couldn't find a way through. And then, yeah, the mistake comes in the second half and then it's 2-0. And, and that came off the back of a, of a spell where Wickham were looking to sort of progress and, and get on the front foot. But again, still not able to really test the keeper too much. Uh, but the second goal really, really sealed it. And uh, it was quite flat after that. And, and obviously quite flat after the final whistle with the realisation the results had gone against us elsewhere. Um, as we always suspected they would. And that was the end of that. And we, we now look at two games now before the end of the season where we have nothing to play for, which, you know, in terms of Wicked Wanderers' recent history, is quite an unusual sensation. Absolutely. And it's quite hard, isn't it? To, real mixed emotions, because obviously disappointment in, in you know, that, as I say, the sort of pl- fight for the playoffs now over. But, you know, on the other hand, you think, you know, eighth or seventh is, is pretty decent when you, when you think of the other teams who, who are in the division. Yeah, I think we're, we're guaranteed a, a top five finish in, in the club's history uh, in terms of where they are in the football pyramid. Uh, so when you look at it, sort of take a step back and look at it in, in that sort of um, frame, uh, it's an incredible achievement, especially when you look at the division that we're in and some of the clubs that we're up against. Um, and that obviously that's been a narrative throughout the year. Um, but there will always be that tinge of disappointment. Of course there will, because it's a competitive sport and we all want to be winning uh, and, and getting promoted. And the fact that Wickham have done that thing and got into the championship in, in the last few years shows it can be done. And I don't think we were that far away from doing it uh, this season, despite everything that's gone against them this season. Because you forget, don't you, the injuries earlier on in the season and obviously the change of manager and, and what's, what the team have had to deal with. Yeah, it's been been a huge amount, um, and the resilience and adaptability of the team has, has been been excellent. Um, but we've come up short, and um, uh, you know, for people who've, who can watch Wanderers TV as well, we've we've got a really interesting chat with the chairman Rob Coohig, and 
he holds himself responsible, he says. Um, you know, and I think he realises the fine margins of his divisions more than anybody. Um, but um, I think the plus side of it is that we're going to get a pre-season now, a proper pre-season. And included in that is a, pre, is, is a break beforehand. Last season, losing the playoff final, you eat in sort of four or five weeks of that summer break. Um, it was an early kickoff because of the World Cup. Um, so it was a very sort of quick turnaround. And I don't think the Cougars have actually had a regular off-season and pre-season since their time um, as majority owners of the club. Um, so I think hopefully it will mean that, well, you say hopefully, I know already things are being planned already for next season and we're not finishing this one yet. And and we can only take positives from that and, and hopefully we'll see the, the outcomes of that uh, next season. Obviously, disappointment for the result, but were there any positives you can take from the display? Any any performances from from Saturday that really stood out? Uh, it feels like a long time ago already. Like I say, it's been incredibly busy this week, sort of sorting stuff out. Um, you know, I mean, I'd have to say no, really, because we, we were against a team in Lincoln who have been incredibly resolute all year. We knew that coming into the game, um, and not for the first time this season, I felt that we were uh, a bit wickhamed. Um, we see a team coming away from home, uh, getting the early goal on this occasion and, and shutting up shop and being really tight uh, and then getting the second goal as well um, and looking very difficult to break down and difficult to play against. And hallmarks of the Wickham Wanderers team that we, we've got, we've grown to love over the last few years. Um, and, and I think maybe that underline that, that this season, that's possibly where we we might be missing those points that would have propelled us into that top six um so yeah so uh, yeah i don't want to sound too downbeat but yeah that's that was the main reflection um from saturday and indeed uh the season as a whole you know going right the way back to, to the last uh, week of july when it all kicked off unbelievably um but it was interesting to speak to matt bloomfield after the game as well he uh he's normally very downbeat after defeats and, and especially so after this one extremely disappointed i thought that um uh, they kept feeling the ball in behind us early on and turning us uh, and they caused us a few problems. They got their noses in front and we had to try and start building. I was pleased we did that. Start of the second half, we, we kind of felt like we were building a little bit of momentum and obviously the second goal was a, a real sucker punch. Must have been the nightmare scenario, the early goal with how solid they've been, especially of late. Yeah, most certainly so. I think um, we're seeing a trend at the moment. The team's playing five at the back and making themselves hard to break down. You know, we've seen that a number of times, and that seems to be a bit of a trend the way the way the game's going in League One at the moment. And they they are tough to break around. Lincoln, we they, we know they've been on a good run. You know, three wins and two draws out of the last five. They've come into the game on good form, but we were really pleased after the result on Tuesday night, the way we performed at, at Cambridge, and we we came into the game with spring in our step. So we wanted to create more. We we've, we've actually created. Um, some really good chances this afternoon. We haven't taken them and we have to make sure we, we learn from this and, and make sure we're ready to move forward. It leaves us without a uh, possibility of the playoffs now with two games to go. Uh, how's the squad feeling? Uh, yeah, they're very disappointed in the, in the change room. Um, you could see that they're all you know, um, extremely disappointed and really frustrated. Um, but we have to use this as a learning opportunity. We have to make sure that we move forward as a football club. I have a clear vision and identity how I want to do that and it's about going and implementing that you know so um, you know we've been fighting uh, as much as we possibly can to get in the playoffs and we're really frustrated that that hasn't happened so we have to learn from it and move forward You've come in quite the way through a campaign of a season which is un- unusual for a manager but now you've got that window to establish yourself and your philosophy um, does that start now with two games to go? 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's a gradual process, isn't it? You, I, I spoke when I came in. This isn't a revolution. It's an, it's an evolution. I want to have my own identity. I'm my own person, but I also know what's worked for this club over over a number of years. So it's about trying to align the two of those. Um, so you know, this is an opportunity for us to to take as much as we can from the from the time we've been here and and make sure we we grow and move forward because everyone else around us is moving forward and we have to do that as ourselves. Lots of players are committed um, for next season with their contract situations as well. But there will be comings and goings as well because of the, of the summer window. Yeah, as it happens at every football club up and down the country, there'll be comings and goings. Um, you know, that's just a fact of life. Uh, it's a fact of football that, that things move on. But we have to approach these last two games the best we possibly can. We have to try and finish the season on a high. We have to bring some positivity into the summer and we'll certainly be concentrating on that before we, we move on. Is that the message now? Finish with a home win um, next Saturday against Cheltenham and then take it to the last game of the season with a bounce into the summer? Of course we want to, yeah. You know, it, you know, when you're involved in, in sport, you want to win all the time. I want to win at anything I do and I want to win next week against Cheltenham, irrespective of whether the playoff push is, is finished or not. Uh, I will still want to win that game and we're employed to be the best we possibly can for this football club and, and nothing will deter me from, from being the best I can and, and trying to get as many points on the board as what we can. As you say, always good to hear from the manager and uh, important to kind of put that behind and, and move on, I guess. And uh, also that weekend, was, yeah, you had a, a very uh, showbiz event, which uh, the manager was also at as well. Yeah, the EFL Awards on Sunday night, first time I've ever been to a football awards ceremony and yeah, it was um, an excellent night out and we were there uh, in support of Adebay Wacken Fenmore, Wickham Wanderers EFL era top goal scorer and he got the Sir Tom Finney Award which um, is you know, reflected on a, on a recently retired player's impact on the game and, and well, what an impact Adebay Wacken Fenmore has had on football and, and, and of course Wickham Wanderers. Um, so it was great to be there to see um, Gareth Ainsworth on stage presenting that to, um, to Bayo. And then having a chat with everyone afterwards um, as well. And um, yeah, really lovely to see um, Bayo getting the recognition he deserves um, across his entire career. And you can hear more from that night uh, later on in the show and, of course, on Wanderers TV as well. But we really must uh, address your footwear choice, which got uh, some, some uh, well, um, some, some interesting comments. <laughs> the great thing about Wickham Wanderers is uh, A, that red shoes are, are not a new thing, because obviously. <laughs> Gareth Ainsworth didn't look quite as red as mine on the night, admittedly. But uh, yeah, the great thing about Wickham Wanderers is it encourages you to be yourself and, and do what you like. Um, so I very much uh, bought into that spirit. <laughs> and good for you. So where can you get <laughs> such shoes? I'm sure they'll, they'll be, you'll, be, you'll be like a, <laughs> you'll, you'll be an ambassador for them or something. Well, you know, I'm in talks at the moment to see whether I can be the face. But yeah, Clark's Originals, if you're really interested. <laughs> and looking ahead to Saturday, you know, there's just these two games left and obviously just one at home as well. But a great opportunity for fans to uh, to really celebrate with the team, if that's the right word, as to, as to what has been achieved this season. Yeah, I think, you know, celebrate and pay respect to the season and the effort from, from all concerned and fans as well. Because let's not forget that it's the last time the fans will be at Adams Park in, until um, pre-season or the first game of the season uh, for some as well. Um, and it means that you won't get to see those people who sit near or stand near or have a drink with or before and after. Um, so, yeah, so it's a bit of a, a putting, uh, a closing of the door onto this campaign in every respect. And obviously the players and the staff will be um, out after the final whistle, no matter what the result, to um, to pay uh, their respect to the fans as well and, and say thank you. And, and hopefully that's a two-way thing. Uh, it certainly deserves to be and uh, and it will be a lovely moment on the pitch. Hopefully the sun will be out and it won't be raining. Um, but yeah, there we are. Hopefully it will be a nice event. And games against Cheltenham are often often tight affairs. <laughs> 
well, <laughs> tight affairs early this season. The ones at Adams Park, wow, there's been an enormous amount of goals scored. Uh, I think we've had two three threes last season's five five as well at Adams Park, um, and with Cheltenham doing incredibly well this season, considering all the change they've had to go through um, to be safe from relegation, um, with three or four games to go in terms of their season, Wickham Wanderers uh, not able to to compete for the playoffs in their final two games. So um, I wouldn't say it's a dead rubber, but you know teams will be playing for pride. There'll be players playing for contracts and and other bits and pieces. Um, and, you know, trying to get as high up in the table as they possibly can before the final game. Um, so, yeah, this could be an open one. Um, I don't think it'll be a repeat of the 5-5, but they've been they've been uh, entertaining down the years. And uh, I'm sure this one will be equally as entertaining, um, but maybe not quite as many goals as last season's one. And last home games of the season are always great events anyway, because there's player recognition with the season awards as well. Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's a time to reflect and, and look back on, on what's been and, and celebrate those players as well and their achievements and their performances, uh, both individually and collectively uh, throughout the season. So, yeah, it's uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be, we'll miss it all when, when it all finishes, won't we, of course, and we'll be waiting for it to start up again in August. But, yeah, a time to reflect and, uh, and, and learn and, and regroup and come again. And I know something which fans are getting excited about is, is the, the growing list of, of players who are already committed for next season. Yeah, there's a good good nucleus there already. Um, and I think there will be change as well um, coming. I think, you know, Matt Bloomfield certainly looking at this um, this off-season and pre-season period as a time to really get stuck into, into you know, establishing his sort of tenure on Wickham Wanderers as well. Let's not forget what season he's had personally as well. Um, coach at Wickham at the start, then into his first managerial job at Colchester for four or five months um, in what was a really dire situation there um, and turned that round um, in, 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 in a quick time. And then, um, you know, talk about quick time, then the phone rings and on a Monday and then, then you're on the motorway, then you're the manager of Wickham Wanderers again. This has all happened in, in one season. Um, so uh, it'd be a good opportunity for him to to take a breath initially and then and then start implementing um, what he wants to do with this club uh, on and off the pitch uh, over the summer and into pre-season. And something else is really nice about Saturday is that the Caledonian suite will be open and, and the manager will be there as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think um, Wickham Wanderers has always, uh, always prided itself on on that sort of connection with the fans um, and that will continue on, on, on to Saturday as well. So what will be your final sort of message, if you like, to the fans going into this this home game? Obviously, get, get along to it and, and, and really enjoy the, the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, we, we won't have that tenth nail-biting um, atmosphere that we've often had at, at, towards the end of seasons that we've got used to over the years. Um, I think, um, you know, yes, it's, it's absolutely legitimate to feel disappointed about not being... Um, in that top six but also uh, you know the flip side of that is the you know taking that step back and seeing where we are in, in perspective of of where the clubs come from um, in the short and long-term history of this club um, and using that as a platform now into into next season. And a pleasure to speak to you thank you so much and will your red shoes be on show on Saturday? Absolutely not no especially <laughs> very very special occasions only at this stage. <laughs> Brilliant to speak to you thanks a lot. Cheers, mate. I was really tempted to get some uh, red shoes myself. Uh, Luke's here, a uh, notice board special. I went dressed as Phil's red shoes to uh, the media day, uh, or media day, media session on Thursday or Wednesday this week, as it was. You went dressed as yeah, his red shoes? Yeah, I was shoes. wearing a red jumper. 
in tribute. Uh, yeah, in tribute, yeah. It's Red Jumper Day. <laughs> it's good. It was good. We These were very red, weren't they? A red item of clothing. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. On the That's way, right. in a few moments' time, a preview for Knowing Me, Knowing Blues, which uh, has been quite successful so far this season. Yeah, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed I think it's been a really nice way of finding out more things about the player and possibly how like they think as well about bears and ducks yeah i was gonna say they're getting quite into it aren't they They really are they're talking about it sort of outside of the the, the training as well and sort of all working out about it would you like a sort of if people missed it like uh, how it all came yes yes uh so head of all things great at wicked wanderers matt cecil uh was thinking of an idea uh the other ideas were uh speed of sound Ooh. uh where Re- uh, rebecca asked quick fire questions to the team posed uh, by listeners soundtrack by coldplay Ooh. Not everyone is a fan of Coldplay, of yeah, yeah. including Johnny King, if you listen to this week's uh, <laughs> Know Me, Know Me Blues. The other one uh, was Sounds of the Underground, uh, where Wickham Sound presenters take a trip on the tube uh, to quiz commuters about Wickham Wanderers' soundtrack by Girls Aloud. Now, we tried that. Uh, this is what it sounded like. Hi, I was just wondering, uh, can I talk to you about Wickham Wanderers, please? Oh, so thanks. Yeah. As you can hear, that didn't really work. Yeah, not so popular, uh, that one. Which is why we landed with Knowing Me, Knowing Blues. It's good that you road tested it, though. Or yeah, rail, rail tested it. We've got, to, we've got to test these ideas. Yes. <laughs> Not, not quite so successful. We couldn't afford the Coldplay licensing, which is why we, that never got anywhere. Of course, and just approaching commuters like that as well, perhaps. Yeah. Not, not, no, no. As you heard from that one, not very happy. No, 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 no. never mind. No. Have you been on a train since? Uh, no, I'm banned from London <laughs> Ground now. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, here's this week's preview of Name Me, Name Blues, which features as its guest publication while you're here. Jason, hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. After yeah, weeks good. of anticipation, you have been called up for Knowing Me, Knowing Blues. What an honour. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, what an honour. Ready I'm, to go? I'm not briefed on the questions at all, so... No, we don't I'm not brief on Twitter. Them. Yeah, so, yeah, no looking forward to it. Okay, here we go then. So your first question is, what has been the most enjoyable part about playing for Wickham? That's from Mike and Jamie. Um, good question. Um, there's lots of elements I love about being at Wickham um, I don't know just the family feel of the club I would say I'm a family man mm-hmm. um, I really and I think this club has that and I've been at other clubs and it's given me that privilege really of knowing what I like and what I enjoy and I think Wickham's got that family feel um, that close bond between staff players amongst the players to the fans mm-hmm. um, and I really like the area Um We've really settled here as a family. Um, footballers are always like craving like somewhere to like settle because it's like a job you're constantly moving around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we found that here, which has been uh, really nice. So many elements, really, but that family feel, I would say, makes you feel at home. Yeah, definitely. Good. Uh, Amelia would like to know what's your favourite aspect about being a professional footballer. Um. It's a good question. Um, I'd probably say, you know, it gives you a good opportunity to make a difference in a lot of people's lives. It gives you a good opportunity to, gives you that platform to have an impact. Um, and that can be on the pitch and off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really good. Um, having a day off in the middle of the week as well, which many people don't get, <laughs> which your I like. Part, days off. <laughs> <laughs> Phil would like to know: after last week's London <clears throat> Marathon, which current teammate would win if you all entered, and who would drop out first? I think it'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> You'd win. No, no, no! no. I've, got, I've got to be humble. Um, you don't have to. No, be. no. The fit, fitness <laughs> tests like pre-season. Um, now that Anis is gone, I'd like to think I'm going to 
hopefully okay. hopefully take it I know GMAC put me in the other week for the triathlon thing oh yes so that's right he I did would actually. like I would like to say um, I'd be up there mm-hmm. the gaffer would have been up there but um, he'd probably still join in actually the gaffer as well so I'll put the gaffer up there mm-hmm. um, who else is fit uh, Nick Freeman he's very fit in the fitness tests and stuff so pick, take your pick um, out of them and then d- down there not for a lack of effort um, but I'd have to put our number nine, uh, Sam Vokes. Sam Vokes is losing. Uh, going to drop out yeah, first. Sorry to sling under the bus, Vokesy. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to have to say Vokesy. Yeah, so, yeah. Tim would like to know, brown or red sauce on your bacon sandwich? I think there's been a bit of a debate going on about this one on Twitter as well. So choose wisely. Um, red sauce. Red sauce. Yeah, red sauce. I have to go brown. But you're not a fan of brown. Nah, not really. Um, my dad's a big fan of HP sauce, mm. but I just never really had it, if I'm being honest, growing up. So no real reason behind it. I just prefer red. Yeah. I mean, I'm not not going to argue with that. I love red <laughs> sauce as well. Red sauce, brown sauce. Andy has... He asks this question every week. I'm hoping he's going to send some hampers at the end of the season. He wants to know what your favourite cheese is. My favourite cheese is... Um, roulade. Ooh, nice. We've not had yeah, that one before. Really we've had quite a bit of mozzarella. Very nice. Yeah. Um, John said, this is, this is a good question, but this is a difficult question. If you could merge two different animals to create the ultimate animal, what two animals would it be and what would their product be? What do you mean by product? I guess what's the point? What would be the point of merging them? I need time here. <laughs> A few moments later. All right, so I'm just going to go off what my son likes. So, George loves dying. No, crocodiles and sharks. He's always asking everyone Ooh. who would win in a fight. So okay. I'm going to say a shark and a crocodile. And I mean, the 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 product of a shark and a crocodile. I imagine it's going to be pretty aggressive. So. Um, <laughs> Don't want to come across one Don't of them. Don't come across one of them, yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for them. There we go, yeah. good answer. Would it be the shark head or the crocodile head? I'm going the agility of a shark. Okay. And then the crocodile head. And the shark tail. Okay. Yeah, yeah shark tail, yeah. There we go. Okay. A crocodile shark. Uh, okay, Johnny said, after you re- revealed your pre-match playlist on Wanderers TV, mm-hmm. how long was your ban from touching the changing room stereo? And have you learned the error of it? your ways? Wasn't that bad, was it? Was it that Apparently bad? so, Johnny thinks so. Oh, really? Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Not into um, my playlist. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll have, a little, <laughs> I'll have a little rethink. Sorry, Johnny. Hopefully I don't get the shout again. <laughs> so how long was your band? Did you get banned from putting music on? I didn't get banned. I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't have any <laughs> other bad reviews. Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, mate. Nobody uh, wanted to say it to your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Johnny did. Um, Dan would like to know, we get this question every week, you already know it's coming. Uh, would you rather fight a bear-sized duck or ten duck-sized bears? I'd rather fight a bear-sized duck. Okay. Definitely. I feel like we're probably even teams now. Yeah. Why? Because um, ten bears, mm. um, it's just that's so aggressive and one bear-sized duck I feel like first of all ducks aren't very aggressive and a bear you know how how tall is a bear how tall is the bear I'm saying seven foot eight foot so it's a little bit bigger than me 
you and you can be a little bit more clever with a duck like you can feed them bread soften yeah. them up and then pack. also Matt made the point that ducks don't eat humans so it might not be interested in you anyway exactly so is it even that good a question really <laughs> I mean it's not Dan, that hard Jason's to think about it. question. You know, is it even a good question, it, Dan? You no, know, I don't think it's that hard to think about, really. When you think, yeah, so yeah. So that's the debate over then. I it's think the, so. The bear-sized duck. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Jason, thank you so much for thank joining you. me on the sofa today. I hope you've enjoyed the questions. I did, yeah. I know it was good. I liked yeah. it. Thank You're you. Free, free to go. All right, cheers. <laughs> nice one. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> Excellent deconstruction of the uh, bear and duck uh, question as well. I can really imagine at the end of the season there'll be some sort of like it's a knockout competition where there'll be just massive like inflatable bear-sized ducks and duck-sized bears. Yeah, we have had the thought of dressing someone up as a duck and just sort of having him around the training ground, just not mentioning it. So we might do that. It's certainly got legs. Oh, it's got four of them if it's a bear. A <laughs> uh, second part of the Wickham Warner show on the way. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Second part of this week's Wickham Wanderer show and a reminder, you can catch the full version of Knowing Me, Knowing Blues on Wickham Wanderer's social media, a 19-minute epic this week. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderer show, something else you'll also find on Wanderers TV, uh, chats with three generations of former Wickham Wanderers captains, well, one's the current captain, in fact, and uh, Adebayo Fenwa as well, who I'm sure has also led the team at some point at the EFL Awards, and we'll hear from Matt Bloomfield once again as well, who also features in that package. But first, with thanks to the Wickham Wanderers ex-players, Association, we pay tribute to Bob Dell, who died at the end of last month. His funeral is tomorrow, and we've been getting here the thoughts and memories of former teammate and friend Anton Vixhouse. My first encounter with Bob was um, when I joined in 1980, and um, my first game was in the reserves uh, away to Car Shelton, and um, we won 5 1. And I remember Bob was in the team. It was Bob Dow, Jimmy Jacobs, Ken Wilson, and myself. We won five one. We all we all scored. And I remember in the change rooms afterwards, the first team lost, and uh, the mood was that things are going to have to change, and we could all be potentially in the first team, which we all managed to do in the next few weeks after that. So that was my first encounter with Bob, and um, he was a. As a player, he played to win, and he was he was a tough player and a no nonsense player. And even in training, he always put in hundred percent. So he was a really good, honest footballer. He trained trained really well and played well, and he was a great and had a great left foot. That's one of my biggest memories of him. Because I know when we've spoken to you before, and, and and other players from that time, you know what really stands out is, is how well you got on. But but yourself and Bob especially. Actually, with Gary Lester, there was probably four or four of us that were sort of gelled pretty quickly with Andy Harmon, Gary Lester and myself and Bob. And um, I don't think it's a secret, Bob liked to drink. He liked to drink and so did we. <laughs> so after training, after a match, it was a great social life. And we were really lucky with the club because the club were really good at organising end-of-season tours. And during my time there, we we went various different places, Portugal, Malta, Greece, Tunisia, Italy twice. And we always had games to play and we trained while we were abroad. So that jowled everybody together, kept everybody together. And then at the, in, come the night time, we'd socialise together. And they were the best times in my life. And I can honestly say Bob was on every tour that I ever went on. 
and he was a great guy to be around when we were having a drink and to socialise with. It was always fun and always had always had a story to tell. It was it was yeah. I can honestly say they were the best going on those tours and playing and socialising between eighty and eighty six were probably the best times of my life. We really enjoyed it and built up great friendships with uh, like I say Andy Armand and Les Gary Lester, who sadly passed away, and Bob, who's sadly passed away as well now. So the the biggest cry and shame for me is that I'm not gonna be able to talk about those tours and the stories we used to and the things we used to get up to and the memories we had and, and they've been lost with the passing of Bob so that's a real real sad day for me It's quite a sort of unique thing isn't it especially football I think because you, you share that sort of camaraderie that perhaps people in other, other workplaces don't get Yeah, oh, most definitely and, and the sad thing about it is you kind of almost live in each other's pockets for five years, the five seasons I was there at Wickham and as soon as you leave it's gone it's like you can go back the next week and it's like you don't belong there. You don't exist anymore. But in that, that moment between 80 and 86 were, like I say, the best times. Uh, but yeah, you do get that. It's a special sort of friendship because you don't, you're, you're, you're in each other's pockets and then you're not there anymore. And, and I probably, the great thing about Bob for me was that he, he was part of the uh, ex-players association. He got involved, involved in that. And he would ring me which he would never normally do, but he would ring me about what events were coming up, what was happening, and was I coming? Definitely. And unfortunately, funerals were a big thing as well. We've had quite a few funerals. And the great thing about Bobby mellowed as he got a bit older, and I felt more friendship with him now than I did when we were players. And I was really looking forward to the next sort of 10 years of, of spending more time over at Wickham, coming over and enjoying and reliving those memories with, with Bob. And um, unfortunately, that's gone now. So it's a real shame. I'm sorely, sorely missed. And it's a tragic thing to happen to somebody so young. Of course. Well, they must be nice for you to be able to reflect on, on you know, the times that you spent together. Are there any particular games or, or on-the-field uh, occasions um, which really stand out? There isn't really. There isn't a... a, a a particular moment. I don't know. I don't even remember some of the games. I remember being there, but I can't remember what happened on the or what we did. But we had some great runs. We had some great players in the in the team back in the early 80s. And my biggest memories, I suppose, are we, we played in some big games. We got to the semi-final of the trophy, which was a great, great performance. We won some cup games. And I think... We probably really won more games than we lost. We won the league one year. We we were successful in the cup games, but nothing really stands out. But what would reminds me of Bob would be first thing is he was a hard worker on the pitch, no nonsense, and you had to kind of earn his respect. If you weren't pulling your weight or you weren't taking it seriously, he wasn't your friend really. You you had to earn respect, and he. He was a good leader as well. He was, he was a man's man. I think that's the way of saying it. A, a leader of a pack. And I remember when we'd go out socialising in the evenings. He'd all have his, he's had friends with him, and we all followed him. <laughs> Funny thing to say, but we all followed him, and he was a great leader and, and a real character. So, how would you describe as, him as a player? As a player, he had a lovely left foot. He was, he was a hard tackler, and he was, he was aggressive, and he wanted to win. I think that was it. And I, mean, I can imagine 
yeah, that would be my biggest impression with Bob. He always wanted to win. When we were training, I remember going, we used to go on long distance running when we were down at Old Lokes Park, and he'd be right at the front there, pushing as well. And yeah, but a, a really good left foot, yeah, great player. And how do you remember him as a person? He was a tough character. You had to earn his respect. And I always remember he he was always, I think as a person, I remember him, I think the best thing I could say for him was every every conversation you had with Bob always ended in a laugh. And if it didn't end in a laugh, it began with a laugh. He didn't take life too seriously, but he, there was no messing around with Bob. And what would you say it was that sort of drew you together and, you know, sort of kept your, your friendship for such a long time? I think a mutual respect. And especially I felt that more as we, as we, like I say, as we've got older and we meet up through the Ex-Players Association, which we never met up enough. I, I think it was respect. I had a lot of respect for Bob. I think most people did respect him. And and hopefully I, I felt that we'd, we'd sort of, mellowed and joined uh, come together a lot more and I enjoyed being round him enjoyed his company at, at the ex-players associations and there's and I look forward to seeing him like I say sadly going to miss him I was looking forward to having 10 years another 10 years of being around Bob or having some of Bob I'm not seeing him every day but he was out there a few months time I was going to see him again and I could relax because he knew you when you were younger and I knew him when he was younger so you, there's, there's no hiding. You don't have to pretend to be anyone. We are what we were when we were 20. We're in our early 20s. And it's a nice thing. You could have relaxed around him. And I know he had a mass of friends, much more more friends than I ever knew that he had around there. And of course, he was big into his cricket as well, which we, I never got involved with him on that. No, people might not know that. He played for, for High Wycombe and Bucks as well. Yes, exactly. And that was the type of character he was. He was a sportsman and a man's man, and he liked to drink. And I always say the best times of your life when you've had a couple of drinks, <laughs> you, know, you tend to enjoy things. And we had some great times and great stories. And like I say, the football tours were the, the highlight of the year for us, and I've got great memories of that. And as you, as you mentioned, you know, his funeral obviously will be a sad time, but also a real celebration of, of his life and you know, the, the person that he was and the contribution that he gave to the, the club and, and also the area. Yes. That was it. I think the biggest thing for me is I never lived in Wickham. So I I never got the, the feeling of being, you know, picking up the papers and walking down the street and people knowing you and just going down there. I, I sort of, I would, I would spend my time training and playing and socialising and then come back to Oxford and it was like a going into, back into a different world. So um, it was, a, yeah, a bit different. And I was thinking about our friendship actually, and I and and he was on Bob with Bob, Andy and Gary and a few others came to my stag night in in 1986. I got married, and uh, and I was I'm always pleased to know that he was there. It makes me feel like we were we were we were real friends, and I think it was uh, yeah, like I say, a, a mutual respect to Bob. He was a great bloke. And as you say, overall, really nice to have those you know experiences and, and things that you shared together. Yeah, lovely. You're never going to lose them. And I look forward to seeing the other other players in the future and talking about him. And it's really sad. I was really sad thing to do, yeah, for him to pass away. And nice as well, in a way, to sort of, you know, keep his, his uh, you know, sort of story, if that's the right word, of, of, of what he's achieved and to share that with uh, other generations. Yeah, it is good. It's always good to 
to be remembered and he achieved something with his life. And I know he did a lot of building work and he built things which will which will be there for years to come. And he built a great relationship with Wickham Wanderers as well at the same time. And he'll never lose that. While we're all still alive, we'll be able to talk about him. He'll be remembered, which is which is a great, great thing to have. Oh, it's a fantastic tribute. And how would you finally sort of just sort of sum him up, really, on that and how you'll, you'll remember him and, and how you think other people you know, should remember him as well? He was a great footballer, a great, and he really invented the word man's man. He, he, he was your best mate. He was the best. He was the best man to be around with. If he wasn't there on a night out, I know we. I know we go on about night out. I don't think they have. They do that so much anymore. But back in those days, in the early eight, it, it was the football and the socialising were the same thing. It's it's obviously changed now. But um, we had some crazy nights and we did some great memories and some great stories. And uh, I'm really going to miss him, as, as will lots of the other playing friends. Well, it's been a real pleasure to chat to you and share your memories um, of Bob, and really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. No, no, it's a pleasure. Hopefully, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm rep- hopefully I'm representing him for the eighty to eighty six, the, the the sort of times we played together, and I I just want to, I'm hopefully speaking on behalf of all those players that played with him during that period in his time at Wickham. Former Wickham Wanderers player Anton Vixhouse speaking to us here at Wickham Sound, remembering his former teammate and great friend Bob Dell, who uh, sadly passed away at the end of last month. It's his funeral tomorrow, and uh, there's a celebration of his life at the Caledonian Suite Adams Park as well. Uh, with thanks, as always, to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association who, as you've heard in previous episodes of the show, uh, do great things for uh, former uh, players. And uh, they've got some uh, brilliant events on uh, throughout the remainder of the show. Uh, this season, as mentioned, not too many to go left uh, now. Uh, we'll uh, speak to uh, more. And also, uh, on the last show, which is only a couple of weeks away now, we'll be uh, having a compilation of some of the, the highlights. A sort of a, Now that's what I call Wickham Wanderers ex-players if you like 2022-23 so some of the uh, uh, the best bits of our chats with uh, former players which will be a great listen as well all here on the Wickham Wanderer Show on Wickham Sound online on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound final part of the Wickham Wanderer Show for this week still to come we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield chatting to uh, Phil at the media session at the training ground uh, which is a day early this week and uh, he'll be looking ahead to the visit of Cheltenham Town on um Saturday, always a high-scoring game. Well, not always, but sometimes. And uh, very close encounters as well, as we mentioned with Phil a little earlier on. And it's the final home game of the season, penultimate game of the season, and a great opportunity to, uh, to as we mentioned a little earlier on, sort of celebrate uh, the, the last campaign and uh, really so hopefully go out on a high at home as well. So, uh, yes, make sure you don't miss that. If you can't get to the game, of course, we'll have full match commentary here on Wickham Sound and on Wanderers TV. More on that in a few moments' time. But first, uh, you also might have heard a little earlier on that uh, Phil mentioned that he was at the EFL Awards on Sunday night and uh, one of the uh, players who were honoured with a special Tom Finney Award for his contribution to uh, football and everything was uh, former Wickham Wanderers legend and uh, top goalscorer Adebay Akinfenwa, who we'll hear from shortly. Uh, Phil also caught up with current captain Joe Jacobson, uh, former skipper and current boss, Matt Bloomfield, uh, but first, uh, the uh, until comparatively recently, uh, for, former manager uh, Gareth Ainsworth, of course, now in charge at QPR, but he presented uh, Bayo with the award and uh, Phil spoke to him. Akin Fenwell, where do we start? Yeah, where can you start? You know, he's done everything. Um, he was uh, he was an incredible 
character when I signed him, um, I think about seven seasons ago now. Um, and he was, uh, I mean, he was infectious the day he came in and he was infectious the day he left, you know, and it never changed. He was consistent throughout what he was, who he was. Such a great character to have on the place, you know, and, and you talk about leaders in football and, and, and characters in football, there's no one bigger. And then on the pitch, he could turn a game on its head, you know, absolutely turn a game on its head just with one magical moment. People don't give him enough credit for how good he was with his feet. Everyone thinks he was this big man with his head. Just, I mean... It's sensational what he did for Wickham Wanderers and, and one of my proudest moments was seeing him break the EFL Wickham Wanderers goal scoring record you know away at Doncaster I remember that day and that meant a lot to him you know I think uh, after his first journey and I think it took about two hours from South London <laughs> little did I know six years later he'd still be making the same journey and uh, it's the longest stint he ever had at one club and uh, I'm proud to have been the gaffer for him there it was uh, and a great send off at Wembley uh, in his, his last game You talk about football as in it's all about the moments and playing the big moments What's your highlight of Adebayo in Femme at Wickham? Oh, do you know what? There's, there's too many. There's too many. You know, you, you just probably wouldn't be able to put a highlight reel together for this guy. You know, because what we saw, how lucky we we guys were to see it off the pitch as well as on the pitch. Yeah, of course, on the pitch there's all these goal celebrations, all these highlights, all these moments. You know, um, but he was off the pitch. The highlights for for, for me are, are off the pitch and what he did around the training ground, what he was with the boys, and uh, and everyone will have their own individual one, but. Um, I used to sit in my office in his last season and say, right, when he runs today, it's not you. Or I need a big one today, it's you. It's really, and he, every time he would go, no worries, Gaffer, you got me. And that was it. He was just great, you know. Brilliant. Uh, Gaffer, the, I think of Bayo and I picture you and him at Wembley. And that picture to me makes me cry thinking about it. What a guy. And to share that moment with him. Just, can you put that into words? No, it's, it's hard to because, you know, obviously the disappointment of Wembley that season was that there was no friends or family or, or supporters there. But what we did have was just those intimate moments together because there was no one else to run off to. So we sat on the pitch. You know, I think that was probably um, one of my biggest memories of sharing the, sharing the dressing room with him and the football pitch. He was some character, as the, as the gaffer said already. He was a real leader for us. He was a, a real pivotal figure. You know, him coming into the football club really coincided with us, really taking off and um, you know I thought I think above and beyond that he was a, a real good friend someone you could rely on um, any time of day he'd pick up the phone and um, he's just someone you could rely on on and off the pitch I've heard him speak about you as a huge influence on him how does that make you feel? Yeah it's just I think it's, it's not very often you find someone like that that you really bounce off and really kind of um, you know the respect is mutual um, it's funny because there's two guys either side of me it's, it's the same feelings but I think that probably just epitomises that you know um, time we had um, all together uh, he's just an incredible man and he was right at the heart of everything that went on, on and off the pitch and you know the stars aligned we all came together in one football club at the same time and were able to achieve you know really big things You say bounce off a few people did bounce off him down the years I don't think he ever got the credit he deserved as an actual footballer no well it helped me in my game because he was occupying all the defenders and I could run around around him so um, it certainly made a big influence you know for me on the pitch and you know I think you know as the gaffer said earlier on he doesn't get enough credit for his footballing ability he was some player like on the on the floor and I think maybe that was part of his mastery he, he made everyone believe that he couldn't and, and he could, certainly could JJ the dressing room everyone talked about that dressing room at Wickham Wanderers he was the governor of the dressing room right yeah as well with the gaffer as well um, yeah we had a good core group of, of older boys really and, and we didn't need rules but we kind of had these unwritten rules that Bayo kind of put together didn't he a little bit himself and um, he had that respect though because you know if he didn't abide by those rules then, then how can anyone else follow so he was the f- at the forefront of all of that and of kind of 
putting us in our place a little bit when we needed to be. Um, but it worked, and, and like you said, the, the scenes after Wembley when people are hugging each other, there's tears, there was those little moments like that. It, it all shows that you know he's normally in the middle of it all, um, and it sums him up really. The double acts in football, the great double acts in football, the Joe Jacobson cross, the Akin Fenway header. I've lost count of the amount of times I've called that. Yeah, I've said this before, he made me look like a good player for, for a lot of times. Um, I could just whack the ball in the air and it would somehow find his chest and he'd hold four players off and bring bring runners into the game. So for me, he helped me massively, he simplified my game a lot and, and made it very easy for me. And um, look, what We talk about him on the floor with his feet, but aerially, I don't know how the, the guy heads the ball so far as well. It was, it was amazing some of the things he could do with his head and, and some of the goals he scored. And he was massive for us, um, you know, from the from the league two season when he first came in, we wouldn't be where we are now if it wasn't for for some of his goals and, and magic moments. We're all looking pretty fly tonight, but he had a rule, didn't he, that you couldn't turn up for training in an outfit that was worth more than a certain amount of money. Is that right? That is right. Yeah, um, and he used to catch people out with that. I'm fortunate. My wife works in fashion, so she just brings me clothes home, so all mine are free. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, he did. And that was one of the things, you know, tried to keep everyone humble, tried to keep everyone level-headed and, and not get out of control a little bit. There's a few boys who, who lied a little bit and, and what they'd spent. But um, it was just part of, of what we did. Um, and he'd go around and he'd make people, you know, shout what trousers were worth or what shoes are worth and, and things like that. And, and if you were over the top, he'd make you know about it as well. So those little things which doesn't happen everywhere you can't buy that you can't just create that out of nowhere those things are, are created over time and and it's a special thing that that he had at Wickham Wanderers. B the big awards for the big man how's it feel? Oh, it's humbling I've, I've said it a few times it's humbling um, and then to be able to have Gaffer give it to me um, and then to see the, the montage with Blooms JJ here Matt you for me you already you lot know how I feel about Wickham so to feel like I'm getting this as a Wickham player an extension of that listen it's humbling the video on the screen the love in the room the looking back on your career it's been a few years boy, it's been a few months now since you've hung the boots yeah. up how do you feel about all of that now yeah, no, listen, the worst thing is I, I, I came out of retirement, Mr. Penalty, so I'm retired again, officially, officially. Um, no, um, but no, listen, the worst thing is I, I, I paid my time in it. Like, um, it got to a point where, listen, the body or the knee, it got to a point and, uh, like I said, unfortunately, I didn't finish with the fairy tale at Wembley, but I'd finished, you know what I'm saying, my journey comes in. So I look back at it now and I stay connected through watching football, still watching Wickham, um, but I don't miss actually being on the pitch. But of course, when you see videos like that, when we celebrate at Wembley, listen, for me, that's iconic. It's memorable, but that's where it is. It's just memories now. We've all got the goals. We've all got the clips. But what we don't have is all the kids who are watching you yeah. and being inspired, not just about football, but life. Yeah. And that's what we're never going to really see, the legacy, but that's going to impact a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've already said about how important for me connection is, and that still will be when I, you know, on a Sunday when I take my kids football, there's still a lot of kids throughout on my socials. I, listen, I, I try, because for me, that's very important, that whole interaction. Um, it is disappointing. Well, I say disappointing, but I miss the fact of, you know, being there on a Saturday, 
warm up or at the end going to the car and you get that relation with the fans and that's done you know what I'm saying um, but where I can where I can I'll still try and get, um, give my energy and, and have that connection Really brilliant to hear from Adebayo Akinfenwhite you also heard from Joe Jacobson the current Wickham Wanderers captain of course uh, former skipper and uh, now manager Matt Bloomfield and former boss Gareth Ainsworth at the EFL Awards uh, you can hear the full version uh, of those interviews on Wanderers TV a reminder as well that Name Me Name Blues is available on the Wickham Wanderers social media um, accounts currently uh, yes and on Wanderers TV and YouTube in the full 19 minute version epic and uh, pre-match drills this week is an hour long Ooh. All extended versions this week. Check good. those out yeah. as we're heading towards the end of the season, of course. I know. Really nice to hear from Bayo, though. And uh, something that Gareth said um, in that is that the the aura that he has around him and whenever he's nearby, it's just it's really something to be special, be around. And, you know, we've been in very lucky um, positions where we've been able to talk to him one to one or just be around him. Um, and he's such a cool guy and just makes you feel makes you feel special and, and like you're, you're part of something. It's really cool. I'm really good with all fans as well. I was lucky enough to watch the EFL Awards or just that part that he his award featured on. And they, they played out that video uh, package and his brother's featured in it as well. And so, yeah. you know, he, he, he signed every autograph after after games and was there sometimes there for hours afterwards. Oh, the last game that he ever did at Adams Park, he was there for ages signing autographs. Then got on a helicopter because uh, he's that cool. Um, but yeah, he was there for, for ages. He would have been there all night if he had to sign everyone you said we were going to go to the training ground in a helicopter <laughs> yeah that's still maybe next week oh really maybe for the last one yeah yeah so our last training ground trip next I week I know sad isn't it I, I don't know how it's all it's also gone so quickly we're at the end of the season already yes much to look forward to so we've got the last home game and the last home game for uh, the car park crew as I don't think they're called <laughs> is that what we're called <laughs> uh, yeah we'll be there on Saturday from 12 for the last one and then obviously Portsmouth on Sunday um, and fingers crossed we'll the, something special for the last one as well Oh, very exciting. Mm. Teasing us. Thank you. Yeah, lots still to come on this show as well over the next couple of weeks. Talking of something special, yes. Mm. Make sure you don't miss that. Finally, then. Final, Finally? Final, Who's he? Finally. Phil's uh, uh, <laughs> been speaking to the manager ahead of Saturday's game. Uh, we're a few days on now from the, the home defeat against Lincoln. How are we feeling? Okay, we're okay. Um, we're, uh, we've, uh, I think we've had time to take our medicine uh, and think about a lot. And we've analysed a lot over the weekend. We're obviously disappointed after the result on Saturday. We're a bit flat, but it's important we pick ourselves up. Um, it's a new beginning for us, um, and I think we're we're looking forward to to trying to move this club forward. Um, I'm really excited about the, what the future might look like. Um, it's been great to have some time with the owner, with Rob, um, this week, make plans for the future, and I'm like I say, I'm really excited about what the future may bring. And the game against Cheltenham, the final home game of the season, always a special moment to reflect and, and give thanks to the fans as well. Yeah, it's really important. I think um, over, you know, I've done it for a number of years now here, and it's it's really important to take that moment to say thank you from our side more more for them. They follow us up and down the country, coming you know in all weathers, um, and it might sound like lip service, but it's not. Um, it's a genuine thank you to them for for what they do for us, the support they give us. You know, we really want to make sure we finish. Um, well on Saturday at Adams Park and it's a lovely place to play football it's a great place to play and um, you know we want to make sure we, we go and put on a show for them You mentioned that, that Rob the chairman is over and you've been having some good talks this week as well is that very much now looking forward already to next season and planning? Yeah most certainly so I think that um, you know there's always been um, you know both eyes set on, on the end of the season this year but as soon as that, that door closes you have to move on really really quickly um, I've spent all weekend and, and the early part of this week putting a lot of time into the planning for next year. I've had some real good um, open honest cons- conversations with Rob um, and we're really excited about where this club can go. You know, I think it's been 
um, under incredible leadership, under you know the old gaffer for for so many years, um, and it's time for us to to be on in, in a new beginning. Um, I'm really looking forward to making making this job my own and this this, this team and squad my own. Um, and like I say, we're excited for the plans we've got, and we're we're looking forward to implementing them. It's a long season and so much happens within the football season. But from your own personal point of view, it's been a huge season as well. Much change and, and, uh, and, and what have you. Um, but without the playoffs, it means it's a proper pre-season. And Wickham haven't had that for a few years. No, it's been a, it's been a while you know, because of the pandemic and promotion, relegation, all the rest of it. It's been um, a topsy-turvy few years. I think it's time for us to take breath, really assess who we are and how we're going about stuff. You know, it's been an emotional season for myself, going away, coming back, and and everything that entails. I've I've absolutely loved the the roller coaster this season has brought, um, and with that brings a real clear, you know, a, a clarity to my thoughts. I think I've had time to think this week, taking taking some time to really digest what's been going on. Um, obviously, you do that. You know, the drive I've spoken about before gives me some real time to think, um, and that's been that's been great. Uh, and I'm genuinely, you know, really excited, really energised. Um, we have some clear plans of where we want to take the football club um, and I'm really excited to put those in place we want to f- finish the season strongly we're, we're obviously um, you know, really pleased with some of the aspects of our play since we've been in the building and we want to make sure we keep moving that forward and I'm already looking forward to the game on Saturday I want us to finish strongly we've had a couple of good days on the grass we've got to be ready to go for that and um, learn as much as we can over these next few weeks I think it makes you feel really positive doesn't it sort of looking to the future and uh, you know, um, the manager's got a plan yeah, and I, not only Matt's got a plan, but um, the Kuhigs has got a plan as well. There's a, uh, a chat between Phil and uh, Rob on Wanderers TV, if you've got that, if you've subscribed to it, talking about the season. And there's a lot planned. And, you know, the positive spin is the fact that we're not in the playoffs. All of this can now be done within the summer pre-season. We're not having to get everything done in a month. So, you know, there's lots already starting to happen at Adams Park and uh, getting things ready for the summer. And, and yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a good season next year. Yeah, something that obviously comes Not that this one hasn't. That's the no, main no. thing to take away. This has not been a failure of a season. We're third or fourth best season ever for Wickham. So, you know. Something that really comes across in that chat is obviously Rob's disappointment from not making the playoffs. But, you know, you get the feeling that the, the players and the whole club can kind of use that for next season. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone knew, you know, if, who, if we were sitting at this point where, well, Anderson Metti's going to leave, Gareth's going to go, we would have all gone, I'm not putting what's on our predictions, which we'll find out in a couple of weeks' time. So, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy season. I'm not looking forward to the predictions. Yeah, we might just get them over and done with very quickly. <laughs> Have a fantastic week. Uh, enjoy the last home game of the season Thank if you're you. going to Adams Park. Uh, you'll, you'll be going anyway. I will be there. And uh, we're back here same time next week. Uh, have a good seven days. Until then. Look out for me and Phil zip-wiring at the end of the uh, the game. Oh, yes. That's the lovely one to look yeah, out for. Exactly. Come on, you please. Hope it's not raining. Yeah.